If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Tuesday morning is the morning we catch up with Tim Wilms of the Unshackled.net in Melbourne. And just a couple more reports from Tim before we wind it up for the end of 2023. Tim, welcome back. Good to have you. Good to be back, uh, Paul. And as the uh, the news cycle here shows no signs of, of slowing down, there's... Uh, well, usually there's a lot of uh, big uh, developments in uh, Australian uh, politics. It's known as the the killing season uh, when okay. uh, yeah. leadership changes or or coups. And uh, I have previously informed your audience uh, that uh, the faceless men of the Queensland Labor Party uh, were attempting to tap uh, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk uh, to resign by Christmas. Yep. Uh, because they were convinced that she wouldn't be able to win the state election in October next year. And uh, yesterday, it seemed they were able to con- convince her and she announced a, a tearful resignation. Uh, the the chook is cooked uh, because, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> according to uh, many, uh, many uh, Polish Australians, the cor- correct pronunciation of her name is Palachuk, not ah, Palachuk. But yeah, of yeah. course, uh, uh, that's, uh, you don't, she didn't want that pronunciation because, well, uh, during COVID, she was called uh, the the Chuk. And as part of the reports that are put out on her legacy, uh, people are reminded of her border uh, cruelty uh, during COVID, including her border closure leading to the death of a unborn baby in northern New South Wales because up in the mid-north coast and uh, also uh, the the northern rivers of Queensland, it's closer to Brisbane and major services in Queensland. And so an unborn baby died because couldn't get to a Brisbane hospital quick enough because of the the border closure. This was in in 2020. Uh, She infamously said Queensland hospitals are for Queenslanders and the border between uh, the Coolangatta and Tweed Heads between New South Wales and Queensland, it's literally down the middle of a a street. And so there were... And so uh, there were Mother's Day and Father's Day where people had to... We're only able to see uh, their loved ones uh, through uh, barricades. It was well. No wonder she, she, her, the chook is cooked because people will have very bad memories of that. She probably at the the time thought she was doing a wonderful thing and had plenty of popularity. Was that the case at the time? Well, she won the twenty twenty uh, state election uh, very convincingly uh, because uh, she of the she was uh, tough on the the state border. There's a lot of uh, retirees in Queensland who thought that uh, she kept them safe from COVID. Uh, so she has served eight and a half years as Queensland uh, Premier, uh, won three elections. Uh, she's termed the accidental Premier because uh, she managed to knock off the first term uh, Liberal National uh, Party Premier Campbell Newman, who won a the biggest landslide 
in Australian political history up until Mark McGowan in 2021 won 78 seats out of 89. Anastasia Palaszczuk, uh, she was basically seen as the only viable leader at the time. She was one of seven MPs, uh, but got them into government in the next three years, one again in 2017. Uh, so uh, she has been underestimated her entire uh, political career, uh, but yes, her legacy will ever be tarnished by uh, border uh, cruelty. And uh, there was a lot of perception that she had already checked out as uh, Premier, attending all these red carpet events. Uh, trending yesterday was uh, Miss Piggy, uh, because a lot of people think that she looks like the Muppet Miss Piggy. And of course, that's... Miss Piggy yeah. is uh, w- uh, very keen on red carpet uh, events with the stars as well. Uh, so now the race or uh, scramble uh, to elect a successor has begun. She endorsed her deputy, Stephen Miles, uh, who is known as uh, the parliamentary uh, head kicker, uh, attack dog. Uh, so uh, during uh, during COVID, he was uh, always laid the boot into the the Morrison uh, government. Oh, sorry, I should say Doctor Stephen Miles. He's got a PhD in trade unionism. Oh, okay, that'll be helpful. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the health minister and uh, women's minister uh, Shannon Fentiman. She's also put her hand up. Uh, she, despite being the minister for for women, she doesn't know what a woman is. She said anyone who oh. identifies as a as a, a woman. Uh, so one of her recent acts uh, was uh, passing uh, gender self-ID in Queensland. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to get a couple of stat decks. It's not as simple as changing that, but makes it pretty easy. And the other name floated around is the treasurer, Cameron Dick, who's the brother of the Speaker of the House, Milton Dick. Though, could you have a premier? You say uh, Milton or Melting? A Milton Dick. A Milton, yeah. Yeah, so Cameron Dick is is his brother as the state treasurer. But yes, uh, Premier Dick, uh, could that be taken seriously? (laughs) Okay, well, um, and just uh, before we get on to the the next item, do you think she got caught by surprise? Do you think Palaszczuk thought she was like still in with a chance before it was made clear? I think she wanted to run again. I've previously mentioned she released a presidential-style campaign video. She probably oh, right. wanted yeah. to, to beat uh, Peter Beatty as the longest-serving Labor Premier and win a fourth state election, uh, but uh, it appears that uh, the numbers uh, weren't on her side. Uh, so she has said she'll resign by the, the end of the week. And uh, there will be a, a by-election uh, for her seat at the, the start of next year, uh, which will be an early test of what the election could bring. Uh, David Crisafulli, the Liberal National Party opposition leader, he's he actually is preferred Premier. I, ahead, they're ahead two-party preferred 53-47. They've never been in a better position. The Queensland Liberal National Party, although they do have a history of basically screwing things up and falling apart. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's interesting. All right, Tub, do we have an update on Dictator Dan? What what are his what are his plans? What does it look like he's kind of uh, positioning himself for? Well, he was uh, snapped at uh, Caram Downs shopping center yesterday. 
uh, which is in the electorate of Dunkley, uh, which recently is vacated because of the tragic death last week of the incumbent Labor MP, Peter Murphy, from cancer. Uh, I know that uh, that supermarket shopping centre quite well uh, because it was one of the few shops I could go to uh, during uh, Dan's uh, many lockdowns. It was in my 5K radius. Uh, Okay, yeah outside the local tobacco nest and so people well, were wondering <laughs> yes uh, given that he, he was uh, uh outed as a smoker recently but uh dan being in, uh, talking to locals in an electorate where there's a federal by-election uh, later that evening uh, six news which is a online news outlet uh, run by teenagers but it is more credible than all of our legacy media. <laughs> really? Uh, that, okay. Yes. So they uh, published a, uh, that uh, Dan Andrews' uh, name was uh, floating around as a potential uh, candidate uh, for the Dunkley uh, by-election. Now it's about uh, 40 minutes south of his uh, previous electorate, of Mulgrave, a state seat, so he wouldn't be a local. And it's only a 6.3% margin. Uh, Peter Murphy, she only won the seat on her second attempt in 2019. Obviously, uh, Dan, even though last week he said, uh, well, he didn't say how popular he was, uh, but uh, he said that uh, the people who call him uh, Dictator Dan, he said this on a podcast, if people call me Dictator Dan, if that makes them feel better, that's fine. I know I locked uh, people in their homes for for two years. I know that. Uh, But the rest uh, vote Labor and all that sky after dark uh, bullshit uh, doesn't matter. Uh, oh, okay. I think he was probably uh, triggered, upset about uh, that uh, woman who had a go at him at the National Gallery of Victoria gala last week over the lockdowns that he thought he'd uh, defend uh, himself. Uh, so it would certainly be a very, I would say, intensely media scrutinised campaign to see just how Dan would go on the, the campaign trail in uh, suburban Melbourne. He doesn't have his uh, state security anymore but the thought of dan being a federal mp and potentially prime minister makes me shudder okay yeah i think it makes me shudder too and i don't even live there so is it any way reasonable to think that he's in with some sort of some sort of of chance here or is his chook cooked as well to use that previous description well, the cult of Dan Andrews is still extremely uh, strong and has many adherents uh, on the, the left side of politics, the Dan stands. Uh, they are called on uh, Twitter, now X. Yep. So a lot of them just want him to run to see what the reaction would be from people like us. Uh, so part of their uh, shtick is that... Uh, Oh, all you people who hate Dan, he's won three elections and retired on his own accord. And so you guys didn't win with his resignation. He's a winner. He's a winner. Is that what they're so talking we, we are still we, we are still thankful that he is no longer Premier. Uh, yeah. Though, yeah. Uh, though being Prime Minister, that would be uh, much worse. But would the rest of the nation cop him? That's the thing. Well, I think we'd have to renegotiate a few things between... Um... New Zealand and Australia, if he ended up being the leader, I, I could see that. 
Anyway, uh, okay, well, let's see how that one goes. Interesting, because we thought he was lurking in New York there for a while, right? And um, No, he's but, been back for a while now, yeah. so I'm not sure. He didn't, he didn't have a job probably. lined up with BlackRock or anything over there, obviously. Doesn't, it doesn't seem that way. Okay. Now, we've um, talked on a number of occasions in the last, uh, I guess, month or so about this letting high-risk detainees out of prison, and these, I think, are people have come into the country what, illegally, mainly, and um, they have been out on the street, and obviously the government's had to scramble to deal with that. What is the latest on that issue now? Uh, so we've had uh, six of these high-risk detainees already rearrested. Uh, the first uh, was a convicted sex offender, a Afghan refugee, I put that in inverted commas, uh, Aliwa Yawari, uh, he uh, he is uh, accused of indecently assaulting a woman at an Adelaide hotel room. Then a, another one was arrested, uh, 45-year-old Muhammad Ali uh, Nadari, accused of uh, drug possession when uh, police found him with cannabis. Then another one... i, I got to uh, say, I can't get too excited about that one, but okay. Yep. Abdemol uh, Muhammad Alawad. 45 appeared before a Melbourne court uh, charged of stealing luggage from an airport traveller. Emran Dad arrested in Dandenong for allegedly breaching his reporting obligations as a sex offender. Mm -hmm. So yep. he is uh, the one who was the leader of a local grooming gang and was oh allegedly uh, chatting to children on TikTok. A fifth detainee arrested in Queensland actually had an outstanding warrant uh, oh, to yeah. return to yep. prison in New South Wales for breaching parole conditions over an earlier conviction for assault. And then a sixth has been arrested for violating uh, the, uh, the conditions of their visa, the curfew and the ankle bracelet uh, device. So um, I think it was the courts that had them uh, led back out into the community. Is that, yeah, is that the, correct? The, the, high, the high court ruled uh, that uh, indefinite detention where there's no prospect of resettlement is unlawful. And last week we found out that the Attorney General, Mark Dreyfus, he allowed uh, the Australian Human Rights Commission uh, which is a, a taxpayer-funded uh, body, uh, to lobby on behalf of the plaintiff, NZYQ. You remember this is the Rohingya uh, Muslim who raped a 10-year-old boy. Uh, so he allowed the Australian Human Rights Commission uh, to yeah, lobby the High Court on his behalf against indefinite detention, which is just extraordinary. Now, when uh, the preventative detention laws uh, were unveiled uh, at a press conference uh, last Wednesday, uh, so uh, there was the Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill, the Immigration Minister Adam Giles, and the Attorney General Mark Dreyfus. Uh, so he was asked by Sky News journalist Olivia Caisley, do you owe uh, the Australian people an apology given that uh, uh, some of these people have uh, been let out and uh, allegedly re-offended? And when the question went to 
Mark Dreyfus, he said, this is an absurd question. Uh, you're questioning uh, three ministers of the Crown about uh, upholding the rule of law and uh, complying with a High Court decision. We will not be apologising for this. And when she tried to interject, which is common uh, with, with back and forth between journalists, he pointed his finger and said, do not interrupt. I will not be apologising. Your question is absurd. And which... I thought was completely uh, tone deaf, saying that you are not sorry because the Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill said oh, that we didn't want uh, these uh, people released. That it seems that what was going on on Mark Dreyfus's end, it seems that well he was uh, happy uh, with this decision. But I know that politicians don't like to admit that they're wrong. But not apologising or, or ex expressing sorrow that a woman has been allegedly sexually assaulted because you didn't have a regime in place to regulate uh, the release of these high-risk detainees. And the federal government now has to apply for a court to have preventative detention order put on them. Uh, so the 141 being released. We don't know how the courts will rule this, if any of them uh, would be sent uh, sent to preventative uh, detention. There's already a high court challenge to uh, the, uh, the, the new visa conditions by refugee advocate David Mann. So certainly the new risk uh, to the community is still there. And what is the long-term goal? Because, um, okay, some folk in there have done some pretty bad things. Others not so bad. So do they just languish in a preventative detention situation forever and a day? Is well, there the, a, the, the, the yeah. new laws are that a preventative detention order can be issued for a maximum of three years, and it's reviewed every year by oh, right. a gotcha. judge, uh, which is this was part of the, the High Court's ruling that only a judge uh, can issue these preventative uh, detention orders. But certainly it doesn't look like any of them will be re-detained before Christmas. But obviously these six who have allegedly re-offended, they are already back behind uh, bars. But uh, sadly, well, especially for the the alleged victim of that indecent assault, it's too late. Yeah, yeah totally. Okay, all right. Um, staying, well, let's focus on migration. And I saw someone say this week in a headline, that um, it was time to bring migration to a sustainable level. So that sounds like a, a bit of a shift. And does anybody know what a sustainable level is? Yes, that was Anthony Albanese's uh, line. Ah, right. He uh, preempted uh, the, the new migration strategy, which was unveiled. And we previously had... Uh, Labor Prime Minister and the, the 2010s, Julia Gillard, talk about a sustainable Australia, not a big Australia. Uh, so uh, it's one of these uh, focused grouped words. Uh, a lot of people are saying the internal polling must be dire if, yeah. if uh, talking about uh, reining in uh, migration. Uh, but it appears to be uh, because we had uh, the total net migration uh, for this just past year, uh, was uh, 500,000 net migrants last financial wow. okay. year. Yeah. And it's on track for 440,000 in 2023-24. But with these uh, new migration changes, which include stricter conditions on international 
uh, students uh, because that's how a lot of uh, you wouldn't call it a scam, but a way to game uh, the student visa system. There's a lot of these uh, ghost colleges. So right. yeah. a person from uh, China or India or another Asian country uh, will apply for a student visa. Once they get here, uh, go to one of these ghost colleges, not attend classes and use that as a way to start working and use that as a way to uh, get a permanent residency or it will just stay here and then there's uh, a lot of uh, with a lot of a uh, migration to australia there's all these family reunion provisions as as well yeah. uh so with these uh changes net migration for next year will slow to a more sustainable 375,000 so it's basically cutting the increase it's like when okay, yeah. governments say that uh, they're they're cutting something; they're just cutting the increase, Which or is no cut at all, really. they're providing tax cuts. Uh, but you're actually worse off because of bracket creep. So Claire O'Neill she unveiled this: so returning net overseas figure to. 235,000 by 2026-27, which is just below the last uh, pre-COVID year of net migration, 239,000. And uh, there'll still be the uh, skilled visa fast tracking. So the business community and the unions are happy uh, with that. And sort of when, when you have all these, the big end of town all agreeing, uh, then you know that uh, that's not good uh, for the ordinary person who's struggling with the cost of living, uh, struggling with a mortgage, if they can get uh, their foot in the door in their, their, their housing market. And obviously, the Albanese government is slowing down infrastructure spending uh, when we've had this uh, mass migration, which Albanese first tried to justify saying, well, it's just a catch up from COVID, but now changed, changed the language, I would say. Yeah, that's quite a change because to say that it moves to a sustainable level is basically admitting that it was at a non-sustainable level before, so... And yeah, yeah, apparently a quarter of a million new net Australians every year, that's uh, sustainable. Okay. A couple of minutes left. Um, and two things I want to get to before we're done. What are these MDIs? Is it an insurance oh, scheme? Sorry, and National Disability Insurance Scheme. So it's known as uh, the NDIS. Oh, so ND NDIS. Okay. Um, now, I believe that has been um, royally rorted along the way. Is that correct? Yes. So it was set up uh, by the last Labor Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, in uh, the 2010s. Uh, she wanted a, a legacy, and so she uh, clutched on uh, to the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So it was apparently only supposed to cost taxpayers $14 billion annually for 410,000 participants, uh, but uh, you fast forward uh, today and it looks like it will become the most expensive budget item, exceeding defence and the age pension, uh, wow. so, okay. yeah. uh, which is uh, $55 billion annually. And uh, so there has been lots of dodgy providers because when the government's uh, doling out uh, money, uh, then, of course, uh, the rorters and fraudsters uh, because there's all these uh, independent NDIS providers. 
and uh, some of the well the the disability uh, therapies that had been paid for by taxpayers include crystal therapies, dolphin therapies, overseas cruises, and even visits from prostitutes. Okay, <laughs> therapy, eh? And uh, the biggest uh, growth in diagnosis for people joining the the NDIS or children is autism. And wow, okay, you you are probably aware that uh, autism seems to be a a growing uh, diagnosis, as does uh, ADHD. And it's my opinion that it seems to be if a child's a bit hyperactive or a bit. Uh, eccentric or slow or socially awkward diagnose autism adhd well adhd they put them on ritalin but what they're trying to do especially with uh, children diagnosed with autism is uh, there's an agreement with the states now to well have them in the the mainstream educational system but just with teachers aides and other uh, supports like used to happen in the pre NDIS days uh, yeah, so, so nothing new there yes and NDIS it was it's supposed to be for the most severely disabled like those who can't move without a motor without a motorized wheelchair like Stephen Hawking types yeah not not for folk who want to go on a cruise just to feel more relaxed yes <laughs> Part of the therapy. Well, okay, and um, yeah, why autism and ADHD is so big is probably uh, for another day. Okay, let's wind up on this. New Zealand is obviously familiar with Alan Jones, one of the most successful media personalities in Australia over the years. What he used to coach the um, Australian rugby side, I think, as well, and has a, a history as a as a school teacher. So, what's happening to Alan Jones now? Uh, so Kate McClymont, who's an investigative journalist uh, with the, the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, published allegations uh, from several uh, men, some named and not named, that uh, Alan Jones uh, indecently assaulted them by either grabbing them on the, the crutch or kissing them. One was a waiter. One uh, was a former 2GB driver. One was a young musician who performed on uh, uh, 2GB. Now, there's been rumours and innuendo about Alan Jones for years. There was this uh, biography published by journalist Chris Masters Jonestown in uh, 2006, which it didn't accuse him of any sexual uh, misconduct, but uh, there were former students who accused him of uh, voyeurism, like in showers and that sort of thing. And in London in the late 80s, he was arrested in a public toilet for outraging public uh, decency. But uh, these are the first accusations that have been published that he's actually touched young men inappropriately. Now, he, uh, through his lawyers, is uh, threatening to sue for defamation and uh, strongly uh, denies this. Uh, Alan Jones, he's uh, currently the lead broadcaster on a new uh, media network that he well, co-founded or was is the lead lead presenter of Australian uh, Digital Holdings. He's in his 80s now, uh, so he's often off uh, sick. He's got chronic back pain, so he's had lots of uh, surgeries. Yeah, so is he finished? 
Because a lot of this is going back a long time, right? Some of this is more recent, such right, as okay. the, right. the, the, the 2000s. Uh, so he began a, as a broadcaster in the, the mid-80s. Okay, yeah. All right, so uh, do you think he's going to withstand this, or have they really got it in for him? Oh, well, they've always had it in for Alan Jones over various things. I mean, the 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 the, the mo most recent, uh, well, uh, brouhaha over something he said was over your former Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern, saying... Yes, we remember that one. <laughs> uh, ...fully briefed to put a sock down her, her throat. Uh, so he's often been accused of... Uh, misogyny uh, as well. He was recorded once saying that Julie Gillard's late father probably died of shame because of the lies that her daughter uh, told. Uh, so there's been numerous on-air controversies as well. But Alan Jones certainly has his uh, defenders and uh, there's a lot who are aware that uh, Me Too accusations are used to, to bring down uh, people who are outspoken. Because Alan Jones, he basically got fired from Sky News uh, because uh, YouTube took down several of his clips questioning the vaccines. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that could work in his favour for some listening right now. Okay. Good to catch up, Tim. Plenty uh, going on where you are. And we'll have another catch up before we're done for the year. So that'll be, I think, next week. I need to check the dates exactly, but I think I'm right in saying that. So um, thank you for this latest report and for keeping us in touch over these months with what's going on specifically in your area, Victoria, but uh, Australia as as the continent, continent-wide. So we'll talk again this time next week, Tim. We'll see you then, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Loving what you're hearing? Well, the establishment hates it. And right now they're conjuring up new ways to try and censor RCR. To ensure you never miss a beat of the hard-hitting news you've come to know and love, make sure you're on the RCR mailing list. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email.